this is Dean Carnassus, the Ultra Marathon Man, and you are listening to the Fitcast. Hello, and welcome to the Kesalkin Fonz Fitcast. How are you doing, partner? Hey, partner, I missed you. It's been a while. I know, I know, I know. It has been, but uh, things are rocking and rolling. Um, we always start with a weather report. Uh, 75 degrees here. How about there in Chicago? Ditto, 75 <laughs> and sunny. Isn't that crazy? It's the same temperature in both cities. I know, and we're, we're going nowhere but downhill now. We're, we're about to enter the season where I wish I was living in Chicago. Yeah, and but you know what, Chicago, we might get another snow before you know it. Like, <laughs> it snowed in April before, so don't move back quite yet. We'll, right. we'll take you soon, but not quite yet. All right, fair enough. So uh, what, uh, what have you been up to lately? Well, I will say I have been enjoying some really really nice weather because um a couple weeks ago i was in puerto rico racing very nice what did you race oh my gosh it was amazing so i did um the puerto rico 70.3 half iron man nice not 70.3 miles running like some (laughs) ultra runners we know yeah that's not for us how'd it go not for us it was a lot of things fun is one of the things that it was so that's a good thing but it was, I mean, it was hot. Like when you're training for a race in March and you live in Chicago um, and the race is warm, you're not going to get acclimated to that <laughs> as I learned very quickly. Yeah. What, how um, do you, how do you bike in Chicago in February? On a, on a trainer indoors. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So yeah. actually for one of my training rides, my coach, Sharon, shout out to Sharon. All right. He was like, you need to get heat acclimated. He put like two towels over me oh, when yuck. I'm on the bike. He put a swim cap on my head to keep all the heat in. Oh, yuck. A and swim cap on the bike? Yes, on my on my head. Hold on. Let's do a little flashback here. I remember the Divi race in Chicago where I wore my swim cap you under, did. <laughs> under my helmet. You, you didn't take it off. No, I was heat acclimating for Puerto Rico, apparently. I didn't know it yeah, at the time. I you you were that's that was your plan all along. Oh yuck! So anyhow, you're trying to heat acclimate. You get down. Yeah, to there's some, there's something to be said about that. So yeah, you had me with like a bunch of towels and a swim cap. Didn't let me turn on any fans. Okay. And I was heat acclimating, but let me tell you, it was not close to the real thing. No. Because the swim was amazing. Saltwater swim. Never done a saltwater swim before. It went downhill from there. <laughs> uh oh! What happened on the bike? Um, a few things happened on the bike. I want to just tell you, you know, like, so this probably happens in Texas. It happens in Chicago when you're biking or even driving around, you see roadkill, right? Oh yeah. Armadillos and such here. Oh, you get armadillos there. Yeah. We get squirrels in Chicago. Okay. In Puerto Rico, they get iguanas. (laughs) Those are a little slippery. Like the squirrel, the squirrels are, they got a little furry. The armadillos can be a little, it's more like a speed bump than anything. Oh, no, these are like scales. There's like scales just strewn across the road. It's so weird. Yikes. Yeah. So I did not hit any iguanas. Okay, well, that's um, good. But I saw several. But I got a flat tire on the bike. Oh, that sucks. Which was not fun. But you know what? At that time, since it was like so hot and so windy, I, I... Saw it as an opportunity to sit down and take a break. There you go. I was like, it wasn't, oh, I I have to change my tire. It was, I get to get off my bike for a minute. (laughs) Nice. So that was fun. Um, And even more fun that I had given away my tube to somebody right before I got a flat. So how do you change a tire without a tube? This is one of those burning questions that's always in all triathlons. You know what? I know. It's really really hard. What you do is you, you sit down. You take a drink. You wait for someone to bring you a beer. No, I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. I wish. Um, You take your tire off, and someone in one of the Puerto Rico racing jerseys goes, Que necesitas? (laughs) And I'm like, I need a tube. I need a please give me a tube. And he pulls out a tube from his, uh, he, he pulls out a tube from his pouch, and he just throws it at me. Ah, very nice. So, so uh, that was amazing. There's so you, some really great people out there. Yeah, so you did your own change on the fly and then continued, but of course, no PRs yep, on this Yep, and then race. I kept going. Nice. And, well, there was no pressure after that. It was like, you know, you change your tire, you're done. It took like, I don't even know how long, like five or ten minutes maybe. Yeah. And you keep going. Oh, very cool. Well, yeah. congratulations on uh, being mentally strong enough to finish that race after some technical difficulties. 
yeah, you know, whatever. You just awesome. need to get it done. And um, I, I had a pina colada waiting for me at the finish line that Johnny said I wouldn't be able to have unless I actually finished. So oh, very nice. That was motivation there. But, uh, yeah, what's new with you? I think you have some big life news funds. I've got lots of big knife, big life newses. Newsies? Multiple news, newsies. Newsies. Yeah, you would say big newsies. Big life newsies. Um, uh, good news and bad news for our listeners. I no longer have a girlfriend. <gasps> what happened? We got engaged. I have a fiancé. She's your fiancé! <laughs> yes, so, uh. Yeah, Kelly and I got engaged uh, a little while ago, and uh, yeah, we're, we're working on details and all that stuff, but uh, that's the exciting news in the uh, Fonz and Rice household here on Powell Circle in Austin, Texas. I think I remember getting a, a call from you guys when I was in Puerto Rico telling me the good news, ah, so that's, congratulations, that's guys. That's right. Thanks a lot. And so, so I've got other news related to that. I was kicking around, because we're just going to elope. We're not going to, uh, you know, have the big... 200 person wedding and flowers. Yeah, don't do that. Just get it done. Yeah, so I was looking for like someone to like be our minister or whatever. So we were talking about like people, and I was like, oh, I'm like just put on on the on the interwebs, like how do who's a minister? Like how do we find one? And it brought me the site like be a be a minister now. I'm like, that's interesting. We could get a friend of ours just to become an ordained minister. So I go to this website and I put my name in, I put my email in, and then there's a bunch of, uh, you know, the, the the legal stuff, the disclaimers, and it said, it said become a minister now. I'm like, well, that'll be interesting. I got to go, like, click here and fill out a form and whatever. I click here, it says, congratulations, you're an ordained minister. What? So I am an ordained minister as we sit here and talk on the See, podcast. you just you just clicked through a bunch of things and I you clicked through, qualified. This is the thing. I clicked through one thing. That's what confused me because I just I just hit okay and it said I'm an ordained minister. So uh Wait, so what qualifications do you need? Because no offense funds, but they're pretty lenient with these things if you're allowed to be one. Yeah, the qual- the qualifications <laughs> are you need a name and an email. All right, I got that. I could do it too. <laughs> Fuck it. yeah, ministers. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, so yeah, I am an ordained minister, but I don't think I can marry. Uh, I don't think I can do my own uh, wedding, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Other than that, like Project Austin is fucking kicking ass. You guys are amazing. You had like forty people at your workout the we, other day. I yeah, saw. Yeah, it was wild. Like we had, uh, we were shooting for thirty, shooting for thirty, shooting for thirty, and then uh, we hit thirty. And since then, we've never been below 30, and we hit 40 as our high. That's crazy. Good for you guys. I can't wait to be back down there in Austin and work out with you guys. Well, I'm so excited. Well, and here's the other news related to that, and this is to all of our FitCast listeners. Put May 3rd on your calendar because uh, November Project has approached us and um, or re-approached us. They got back to us. And if we get 75 people at our workout between now and May 3rd, and we're shooting for May 3rd for the big one, uh, we're, we'll be an official November Project tribe. Wow, that's great. Good for you guys. So uh, shout, shout out 75 to... 75 you need? We need 75 people to come to one workout, and we will be a tribe. No, that's it. So we're going to go for it. 75, that's a lot, but you guys can do it. Yep, we're going to fucking this kick is, ass. This, this FitCast will help yep. garner membership. So, yep, let's hope let's hope so. So, I had a, I had a race I, I had a race today. You did? Yes. Wait, I thought you retired. Uh, yeah, I did quit running about a year ago, but fuck it, I'm back. You ran today. What did you run? I ran the Austin 1020 and it was uh it was a super fun race. It was 10 miles 20 bands. Oh my. Tell me more. So, uh race was great. It was lots of fun, like tons of music and all kinds of really cool stuff going on. But I've, I've happened upon a new pre-race um, strategy, a, a, a routine. Well, yeah, no, of course you got to. Poop before you race. You got to. Oh, you, you, oh, no, you, you have to poop before a race. That's nothing new. That's, that's nothing new. But uh, here's what I did. It goes back to uh, Saturday. So yesterday, here's, here's how I did this pre-race uh, routine. I worked on the kayaking dock for about six hours in the hot sun throwing kayaks around, right? Uh, you have to skip dinner, drink just enough water to stay alive, but, you know, not a drop more. <laughs> well, 
that's a tough balance that you, you have to get there. Well, it's it's basically like you're you're running up and down from the dock to the shed, picking up kayaks and throwing up on the docks and putting people in, and it's hot, and you don't have a lot of time to drink, certainly not to eat. So you do that the day before for about six hours. Just okay, get yourself cool. good and hungry. Then you bike home. Got it. Well, then so you won't even poop before your race. You don't have to poop if you don't eat. Well, no, but here's the thing. When you get home at like 9 o'clock at night, as fast as you can – Eat a burrito and drink three stone IPAs as fast as you can when you get home. Oh, is is there a time limit, like 20 minutes or something? Uh, I can do this. I can well, do this. so the time limit is one episode of Desperate Housewives. <laughs> All so. right. And so when, then we know the activity that goes along with this diet plan. Yeah. Awesome. You, 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 awesome. you do six hours on the dock, dehydrate yourself, get yourself good and hungry. Throw down a burrito and three IPAs. And three and watch, IPAs. Watch then they have to be life. stone IPAs. Stone IPA, yep. The green okay. label, yep. So uh, you do that. I'm going to try this. Yeah, go for it. You do it the night before. You go to bed. And then you set your alarm for like a reasonable time in the morning to uh, get ready for the race and get there, right? Mm-hmm. But the key here is to sleep a half hour longer. Okay, so you set the alarm and then you oversleep it yeah. because you had the three beers and the giant burrito. Well, plus you need that extra rest because you got to run 10 miles the next day. Oh, or, that's or right. later that day. So you do that and then you drink as much water as fast as you can all the way to the race while you're driving. Okay. Course. Do you pee your pants on the way too? Is that part of it? Uh, no, you pee between mile one and two in a porto potty. <laughs> that's, that's how you do it. And then, and then you have stomach cramps for, for 10 miles. And that's, that's kind of the perfect, perfect. That uh, sounds great. I really can't wait to experience yeah, that. It's, it's a great thing. So those of you trying to qualify for Boston or whatever, that's how you do it. <laughs> that's how you do Don't it. forget the three stone IPAs, a must. <laughs> yes. Uh, exactly like 10 hours before your race starts. That's the way to do it. Oh, my God. You're crazy. So how did you do? Uh, I finished. I had stomach cramps. But I did get to taste onions and queso cheese the, during the whole race, which was helpful. Oh, from the burrito. Yeah. So that was helpful. Great. <laughs> Great. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that's how the race went today. But, uh, you know, hey, running's just for fun and to help yourself, right? Like I apparently, or because you hate yourself sometimes. That's how I, that's how I felt in Puerto Rico. I was like, I must do this because I hate myself. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was a fun race. Lots of good music and lot, you know, very awesome. Austin's a music town. So, uh, we had a good time. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I did not prep with any beer before my half iron man. I generally don't, but, um, you know what? I think our guest today, I think he is on your race prep plan. Oh, yeah? The whole beer thing. Oh, I totally think he is. Um, Iram is, he's, well, first of all, he's a beer mile champion, which we need to get more into because I just learned this about him right before we interviewed him. Um, But he's also a super fast marathoner, fucking badass, who's fighting a brain tumor. And he, I think he has, and we can check with Guinness, the Guinness world record people on this. I think he has the world record for the fastest marathon while pushing uh, his child in a stroller and um, while fighting a brain tumor. Is this the same Iram that's the president of the Austin Runners Club? He is the president of the Austin Runners Club because he's a fucking badass. (laughs) Damn right. Welcome. How are you doing, sir? Good. Good to be here. Thanks, guys. Awesome. We are so excited to have you. Um, First of all, Beer Mile Champion... I, I like the fact that that's the that's what we're starting with is the beer mile because obviously that's yeah the, no that's... I mean the the whole brain tumor thing impressive but beer mile <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually had never heard of the race till a couple of days before I did it and a, a friend of mine and because of the brain tumor I actually had not been I don't drink much anymore I'm not allowed to do it very often um, and so but my friend who who ran with me regularly he's like yeah let's go do this and he's like I'm gonna own you because he'd never seen me drink beer. And that's all I needed. And it was actually the <laughs> fastest uh, fastest one they've ever had for the local one. And we were literally neck and neck. I, I out-chugged him. He out-ran me. We went back and forth. And it was the last 100 Oh, feet. my God. You out-chugged? Yeah. <laughs> so, and we were, we were trading lap for lap. And in the very last one, it was literally 
step for step. And we thought we looked graceful coming. That's not quite what it looks like in the pictures, but I want to. Oh, no. I want to see that video. We're going to post that video on that's, that page. That's the way I choose to remember it. What was the final time? What was your time on we, that? Uh, we came in just under six. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's my time for a normal mile without beer. I think that was my that's time crazy. for my, my one leg of my. Leg, yes, I'm from Wisconsin, for all of you listening out there. Yes, the one leg of my beer mile relay, I think, was about six minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, awesome. That's incredible. Okay, so you are, you, you're just a huge runner. How did you even get into running it, Um. Well, you know, I the way I got into racing, I suppose, I've always been running, right? Everybody starts running shortly after they walk. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I was in, I kept getting in trouble in the third grade for running in the hall. And one day... They sent me to the principal's office, and I got spanked for running in the hall. Ooh. So, and to make it try to sink a little bit better, they sent me out to run with a track team after school, but I beat the entire track team. So, ah. <laughs> <laughs> then the coach is like, would you like to join the track team? <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I did. And I, and I would run track all through uh, elementary and junior high and high school. I actually got spanked again for running in the hall in seventh grade. So, whatever you think of spanking, it didn't cure me of that. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, my God. And they were trying to punish you, and here you are. You're still doing it as an adult. Like, it's not a punishment at all. I'm, I'm nervous when I run in halls, but otherwise I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you do it outside, you're good. Yeah. Um, did you just, like, get in? So you started with track. Right. And then in college, you know, I actually ran with a cross-country team for two years before I joined it. Just they were right outside my dorm. And then finally, my junior year, um, between my sophomore and junior years, I'd, uh, I'd put on some weight. So then I started running and training again, and uh, I lost the weight, and uh, then I joined the team, and I would win a few of the cross-country meets. And um, yeah, so I kept go- going at it. And you've just added distance yeah. onto that track, cross-country. Now you do marathons. <laughs> Yeah, track track sounds like 100, 200, 400, maybe a mile. And now we're into cross country. And uh, yeah, you're, what's your uh, well, what's your distance? I only ever wanted to the run one marathon, so that wasn't. And I, actually, after college, I stopped running in any competitive way because I wasn't part of a team, you know, like track or cross country. But I kept running around the neighborhood, but no actual training. And then Nike had the human race back in '08, where they were doing the same race simultaneously. And, that would be the very first race I had done since I was in college. It had been six or seven years. Um, and then I was about to get officially old. I was going to turn 30, you know. And um, So I was like, well, I better Super run. Super old. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, so you're not even 30 yet. <laughs> I'm not even 30 yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I thought, like, my body just would fall apart after that. So I was like, well, I better get a marathon in before I turn 30. And I did. I ran my first marathon. It actually, it went okay. It didn't go great. My goal you know, and to each their own. Obviously, people are different. But for me, running a marathon meant that I hadn't walked during it, and and I and I was uh, totally all right. But then I pretty much collapsed the last couple of miles, so I would sign up and run another one two weeks later, which I actually did. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I did that one slower, but I didn't walk. So it, I was like, all right, good. I, I'm retired, um, and I and I thought that would be enough. <laughs> Yikes. But I, I actually, on that, I got close enough, not, not ridiculously close, but I was within 12, 12, 13 minutes of qualifying for Boston, my first one, and people kept encouraging me, and so I decided to try it again a year later. Did you do the, the pre-Boston uh, qualifying method of slamming your burrito in three IPs? Yeah, the, the burrito, the no water, the you know, I binging. Didn't, I hadn't heard that till today, but <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to put that in my training journal. You know, it's going to be page right. one. I... I, I, I can't believe that that's not a yeah. known. I mean, Marathon Packers should have that right in there. Exactly. Well, actually, it's about to be trademarked by our um, corporate <laughs> trademark lawyer. So get it now while it's hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I didn't sign any releases of uh, keeping secrets on this stuff. So I might try to sign. Oh it no, we're gonna <laughs> we're definitely gonna have you sign that. We right could now. probably get Chipotle as a sponsor or something like that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Chipotle and Stone. <laughs> Stone IPA. <laughs> All right. All right. So you're pretty. Are you pretty much sticking to marathons now? Well, marathon and beer mile. I no, guess you're no. a multi-sport athlete. No, no, no. <laughs> I um, I actually um, somebody asked me what my favorite distance was once upon a time, and I said I don't really have one. I mean, there's been times where I've done six weekends races back to back, and one was a 5K, one was a trail race, one was a 10K, one was a marathon, one was a half. Oh my gosh. And there was a there was a girl uh, from from one of the local running stores that said. You know, you're kind of a running slut. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, interesting. 
And I was like, what? what, what? She's like, you just. You, I was like, whoa. I mean, she was cute, so it was, I was. I was wondering where I was going, but the uh, she. She's like, you just. You, you don't seem to focus on a distance. You know, I would help. She was actually a four hundred trainer, and I would help her do some workouts. But I was also doing marathon. I'd be out, and um, there was actually an older lady who overheard that. And literally last week, sent me this cross stitching thing that says running slut. It's this very old fashioned, oh, nice. elaborate thing that says running slut on it. I can't hang that up anywhere prominent in my house, but I loved it. Very nice. I think you could buy a shirt with that. You could probably get a shirt. That... <laughs> yeah, I, I still, I, I'm not ready to introduce a whole lot of people to me wearing that shirt. I go to my daughter's school regularly. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably not a good idea right there. You don't want to have to hang that your daughter. <laughs> well, I want to I move on to a different topic because, honestly, when I, when I heard this about you, because when, when funds you know, wanted to interview you. I did some research and I could not believe that you put off brain surgery to run a marathon. You were, you were diagnosed with a brain tumor and you can tell us a story about that. But I I just think that it's incredible that, you know, running is such an important thing to you that you were kind of willing to, to reach your running goals and keep working towards those and put off brain surgery. Yeah, well, you know, I was—I had just started, uh, and I had actually turned thirty. And see, life does go downhill fast after you turn thirty. Yeah. And I was—I was three weeks into the, the second round of training, you know, for my third marathon, and I woke up in an ambulance. Uh, I had had a grand mal seizure, and so we head over to the hospital and because this happened to be at a friend's birthday on Friday afternoon. You know, we do an MRI and all these kind of things. We didn't know what was wrong at the time. Late Friday night, the doctor says, uh, we think you have some something going on in your brain, some kind of brain tumor. We're going to need to do a biopsy. But because it wasn't considered an emergency, the biopsy wouldn't be able to happen until Monday morning. <laughs> and so I'm just – I'm not a sitting around kind of guy. So Saturday night, some friends came over and we played poker. But this was the longest I'd ever been laying around. And so I asked the doctor when he came to visit me Saturday if I could go running before the biopsy. And he's like, what? I'm like I just I just I just, just want to go running and he he checked and I was actually probably the first person in hospital history who had ever asked that and he uh, he a, fr- a friend of mine who was an EMT was going to join me and we were just supposed to run around the hospital grounds with nurses at the front door and we were supposed to check in with them after every block it was only about a quarter of a mile around it but after every t- after two or three I told the nurse I'm like oh you know we're going to be a while and he's an EMT we've got our cell phones. And so they went back in, and as soon as they did, I left the hospital ground. And <laughs> I just needed to get out of there. You, like, snuck out of there. Yeah. Literally I, ran off the ground. Yeah. I, ran off. And my friend was like, what are you doing? I'm like, man, I just, I just I can't be here. And I had an IV in my arm, so I was running with a stiff arm. And, oh, my God. <laughs> but, and my, Is that, like, a felony? Like, are we, like, going to get in trouble for hosting a felony on I, our podcast? I don't, I don't think so. Uh I mean, obviously, the story is an exaggeration if my health insurance is listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but my, my training schedule called for an eight-mile run that day, and I, I just had nothing else that I could think of doing, so we, we got it done. And uh, we did the biopsy, and I just kept – didn't know what to do because I was sitting there through all kinds of tests, you know, EKGs, EEGs, eight-hour neuropsychologicals. The very first half marathon I did after mm-hmm. that, the Decker Challenge. You know how they just hand you the next bib number on some races? Yeah. They gave mm-hmm. they gave me bib nine one one. Oh jeez. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, are you guys kidding me? I don't even have to put the emergency number on the on the back. <laughs> you guys put it on the front. And that would actually be the first race that I would win my age group. The very first race I'd placed in any form or shape or fashion since college. Um, and the test kept... when you had a brain tumor, yeah. you play, you won your age group with a brain tumor. Yeah. And so, and that was my fastest half at the time, uh, about a month after the biopsy and we still weren't done with the test. You know, I didn't have to take a, I have to take a break after, uh, uh, they had to put, they had this test called the water test. They put parts of your brain to sleep. You know, they go in through your groin, they wind all the way up to your brain, put parts of it to sleep at a time, kind of seeing how risky the surgery it is, kind of proving what I'd always thought, that my brain and my groin are connected. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to hurt. I don't, I don't want to be involved in that part. Yeah, well, it only took a few seconds. <laughs> it only took a few seconds for them to communicate. We know which one put the other one to sleep. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Bam. Uh-huh. Oh, God. But uh, after that, actually, both my doctors and my friends and family, because it was a risky surgery, you know, we were divided on whether or not to even do the surgery because 
It's uh, the tumor is connected to the memory and language centers, you know, which is essentially what makes you human. I mean, you know that on this podcast. Yeah. And um, so we couldn't decide. And uh, Dr. Friedman from Duke, the guy that did Ted Kennedy's surgery for the same uh, cancer, he uh, he called me up. Like, I really think you should do the surgery in the next couple of weeks. And said, look, I've got a marathon in five weeks. Can we do it after that? <laughs> Who says that? I just, well. Uh, Iram says you that. said it. <laughs> you know, and he, I, which is why I love him to this day. He still gets a Christmas card. Um, I, he said, well, you know, that increases your risk of this and that. But you may never have another marathon after the surgery, depending on how it goes. So we'll do it two weeks after that. And wow. so we did that. I kept training and uh, maybe because I wasn't sure what was coming after that. But that was the first time I would qualify for Boston. So you qualified for Boston and then you went in for brain surgery. Yeah. And that was interesting because after a while I had to do some rehab. I couldn't run. And um, but, you know, the very first time I ran a few weeks, a few uh, like two, three months afterwards, I uh, I tried to go do two miles of the pace I'd kept for that marathon. I, I could barely do it. I, it took all I had. I was like, this is why everyone hates running right here. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Now, something else that I know about you, Iram, from my stalking, I mean researching, <laughs> um, um, you have you have a favorite running buddy. You have a favorite racing buddy. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about her? Well, yeah, so unfortunately, you know, I, uh, my, uh, her, Kiana, my daughter, her mother left uh, shortly after brain surgery. She just kind of disappeared out of our lives and... Uh, so all of a sudden I went to being a single dad and I had never run with her in a stroller before. And so at first I wasn't allowed to drive because of the seizures. We hadn't gotten the seizure control. And so I used to drive around to get her to fall asleep because she just didn't like going to sleep. So I tried it with a stroller and that did not work. She came back wired. <laughs> um, so we, we would just go. So it just kind of became a fun activity to do together. And, um, and it was just kind of, since I was a single dad, it was do that or not train. And it, she liked it and I liked it. So it was a win-win. And so it just kind of got to be a real, real favorite pastime. Um, uh, but, uh, almost exactly one year, to, actually exactly one year to the date after the brain surgery, I woke up on the side of a road in the middle of a 10 mile run with another seizure. And that really kind of oh got, my gosh. that was when I was training for Boston. So that got me real nervous. And, um, I would actually take, I still ran the Boston marathon, but I took it real easy. And I stopped running with a st- stroller just cause I was just very nervous. Even I messed with the medication. The doctor said it was all right, you know, and I just wasn't ready to do that. But my mm-hmm. mom, my mom who had come out to cheer me along with her in the Boston marathon, I stopped and hugged them and gave them a kiss and my little brother. And I saw them three or four times on the course. They were super mobile that day. Um, my mom kept hearing from my daughter, Kiana, that she missed running in the stroller. And my mom had just turned 60. I mean, she just turned 29. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to lie on the podcast. 29. Yeah, we can tag her in this episode. We'll, we'll do that. <laughs> she, she, had, uh, she had never done a race in her entire life, you know. And she said she would do her first half marathon at age 60 if I would do it pushing a stroller. Oh, interesting. Just to try to get me to run with my daughter again. And I did. And so I would go out there. And I just started in the back. I had no intention other than to get it done just so that my mom would do it. But uh, around mile 11, uh, uh, between 10 and 11, the last water stop, somebody's like, you know you're like in fifth place, right? And I'm like, whoa. So I started turning it on. And uh, I would pass almost everybody. And I would actually come in second. Ah, very nice. Podium. Got to hit the podium. By five seconds. Oh, my gosh. You could have just a little faster. Uh, no, yeah. I'm just kidding. That's really impressive. No, it's, it's okay. I'm not bitter. I talked to my therapist about it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Still still working it out. Yeah. No, but I actually, you know, the weather was getting worse in that race. And I um, I left my, my daughter, Kiana, with my dad, who was out there at the finish line. And I went back to go, after stretching a little bit, I went back to go finish with my mom. And at the same water stop, they were tearing it down. And I was like, what's going on? And it had gotten windier and, and it started hailing a little bit. They said, oh, everybody else quit. They're in the sag wagon. And I'm like, are you kidding me? My mom quit. And just as I said that, she was actually coming right around the corner. Oh, nice. And I would finish the last few miles with her. And she was the very last half marathon finisher that day, about 3.30. And, man, I was just as proud of her as I think she's ever been. Oh yeah, that's amazing. But that wasn't your last race with the stroller, was it? No, that was the first one. That was the first one. And that was the first one. 
And I want to hear about a specific one. Well, I want to hear about your winning race with that stroller. We kept doing some other ones. We did another half, a five, a five miler, an 8K, a 10K. But I, I was like, well, she's going to get too big for this. Let me see if I can't get a marathon to let me in. And I tried. And Oh, that's right, because not all of them let you run with the strollers, yeah, mo- right? Yeah, most races don't allow. And I understand that, you know, because if, if you've got a kid who's crying the whole time, there's people around it, I, I'd hate, you know, some kid doesn't like it, some parents are just doing it. I understand that rule. But finally, there was this, this race out in uh, Beaumont, the Gusher Marathon. They said, yeah, you can do it, you know. Um, and they had looked up my times from the other races. They're like, but you need to start at the front because otherwise you're going to be running people over. <laughs> yeah, lo- love, yeah to, seriously. love to hear that the guy with the stroller is too fast and you don't need to be passing people. Well, the, the safety issue is that you're going to be running people over. I love well, it. but it was it was actually a rough day because I got there and I take the, the car. I you know Somebody else had to drive me because I wasn't allowed to drive. And I take the stroller out of the back and it had a flat tire. Oh, and, oh my God. And, you know, nobody, you know, I, I heard you talk about your flat tire. Nobody's carrying around extra stroller tires. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so one of the bicycle guys gets me his his tire and he doubles it up in there and puts it in there. And, and it's on the very front tire and it's just like wibbly wobbly. I'm like, oh no. And it's a double loop. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be running with my phone because I always did that when I'd run with a stroller. Worst case scenario, I'm six and a half miles away from here. You know, yeah. like that's as bad as it gets. Um, but the announcer, he heard about it and he and he shouted it out to everybody. And some random stranger comes up and he's like, "Man, you can have my front tire." He's like, "I'm doing the 5K, so I won't be here when you're done." And he gives me his front tire off of his stroller. He yeah. had a stroller. He had the exact same stroller. Oh, geez, that's and, ridiculous. And so he gives me his one, so because he knew I was going to be doing the entire thing. And so I go out there and and we go out there and again. I was I was in. And just competitive mode. I'm a competitive guy. You probably picked that up. Uh, and <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. And I go out. And there were people in front of me the whole time because it's a double loop. And they were. And when we get around to the second loop, all of a sudden, there's no one in front of me. And so they had assigned actually a bike with me the entire way just for safety reasons. And I turned to them. And I'm like, how far back am I? I don't see anybody. And the and the guy goes, "There's no one in front of you." You're the and I'm like, "Oh man, pressure is on!" <laughs> and so, oh uh, my god, you were in first for like half the race. Yeah, so I was I was in first the entire way for the marathon. I did, but the, the only people ahead of me were the half marathon. But I didn't, you know, I I'm not sitting there trying to figure out who's part of what. Yeah. And so, it was great, and um, it, you know, and so I'm sitting there going, "Well, pressure," because in a marathon, you know, you have a bad end, you can collapse really fast. Or at least yeah. I have. I've had marathons where the last couple of miles were all but walking. And so yeah. I go out there, but around mile 24, 25, there's a turnaround about the last mile. And I could see that I had the lead. So I just start high-fiving everybody. Just I'm like, and Kiana, there's actually pictures of her. She's covering her ears because people were cheering so loud. Like, she was like, I don't know what's going on, but these people are annoying. And oh, my gosh. So and I, t- I tell her that we're winning, and then she gets super happy and um, – and when we got across the finish line, I actually did it one second slower than the one that I'd put off brain surgery for. Exactly one second over 26.2 miles. Yikes. With a wow. wow. Amazing. Ama- wow. What was your time for that race? I, 307 and change. I forget the exact <laughs> seconds. But 307. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's fast. <laughs> yeah, so. Wow. Yeah, so we got a badass on our on our fitcast this 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 week. Oh my god! Like I can't. I honestly, I was like, this isn't real. And then I read like he's got New York Times articles about him. I'm like, okay, this is legit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have a couple of questions from our listeners that were sent in Iram. So are you okay with that? Yeah, Getting some questions from our listeners. Yeah, my phone number um, is eight six seven five three zero nine. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, they already asked them, and I'm going to ask you now. I'm just joking. Um, so Kathy um, wants to know. Um, so we we've had a lot of well, we've had a couple guests on our Fitcast um, who have you know had cancer or had illnesses, and that really speaks to a lot of people. Um, so Kathy says, I'm also a brain tumor survivor, and having a tumor is something that you'll always kind of have to deal with. Um, what was it like for you to get that first diagnosis, and what is it like now? Is it scary? You know, I had never called in sick in my entire life. 
from kindergarten through college, I'd miss five days uh, for the chicken pox. Um, I'd literally never used my health insurance for anything other than sports injuries. That's literally part of my medical history. And so all of a sudden to be told you have a tumor that has no known dietary, genetic, lifestyle, or environmental components, there's just no way to absorb that right. Now, when they first showed me the, yeah. when they first showed me the tumor on the MRI, I look at my doctor and I like rub some dirt in it. Yeah. And he looks at me. Oh, my God. I mean, I, it was just a, you know, just a coping mechanism. And so there's no way to absorb that. And for a whole lot of the time, um, because it started in the ER, it was just luck of the draw. My neurologist, my oncologist, everybody was just whoever had been on duty that particular day. And some of them were like, yeah, you need to stop running. You need to just kind of sit back and chill out, you know. And and I just kind of was sitting there passively uh, taking it all. But actually, I actually had a friend from uh, – with Livestrong was a runner, and he was like, "No, no, you need to kind of take charge of it." And that was one of the things that I that I that really helped was to have some guidance and and figure out what was important to me. And one of those things was running. So I started going back out to my running group, and I'm still part of them. It's part of the Austin Runners Club, the Ship of Fools. And without exception, those guys would pick me up from my work or my house, take me to the workout, and take me home just so that I could run with them. And so these guys were literally driving further out of their way, and so. That helped a lot. And I think it was both the connection with the ground and the connection with people that made it so meaningful. Wow. I couldn't even imagine. I like honestly couldn't even imagine being in that situation and that you were able to turn that around and just use that as your, your fuel is fucking awesome. Well, You're it's, amazing. It's, it's really therapeutic. You know, it would be over two years, over two years before I'd have a single month without a medical appointment, you know, trying, trying drugs, all kinds of tests, obviously the surgeries themselves, um, steroids uh and, and the steroids i take actually hurt athletic performance oddly enough but the um but you know running it's literally where things felt normal it was one foot in front of the other where i could kind of tune out everything else that was going wrong and tune in on something that was going right well and that's true and you know and that's true whether or not you have a tumor or problems with your family or pets or whatever like that's that's what running that's what fitness is all about like just getting to that point where your brain is in a place where you're like all right this is my this is my mojo i'm good i'm, I'm feeling comfortable now yeah i mean it's just i think it's just an organic thing i think you sit there and, and look at a playground running isn't anybody teaches you how to do people yeah. might be able to coach you how to do it better you know but it's not like biking or swimming you know i've done a couple of tri triathlons those are things activities that you have to learn how to do running is just inherently human and yeah. so I, I i love that about i i like i like how you said like when did i start running or when did i start racing i started running you know a little while after i started walking it is it's it's a human thing yeah um all right we have one more question from our listeners and i'm really curious to hear the answer to this question um this question is from peter and um he says there's a quote going around that says if your relationships are working you're not training hard enough ha 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 <laughs> i'm not sure i've and i've heard, seen that one um and he says i'm not sure if that's true how difficult is it for you to balance family and fitness and do you have any tips for us mere mortals <laughs> well I, i'll tell you that i think that that quote is uh BS, uh, or as we Whoa. would say it a little bit more... Uh, bullshit. You can say bullshit. bullshit. This, yeah, is a, you know, this is iTunes. Um, We're good. You know, I, I talked a little bit about my marriage and why... Uh, and the very first marathon I did, I it was on Valentine's Day, and I signed up with uh, Keanu's mom, my wife at the time. We didn't do a single training run together. We didn't run it together. All we did was high-five at the end. And, you know, to me, I always look at that, and I'm like, no wonder we broke up. I'm told you have a pretty amazing girlfriend. Yeah, and so... Now I'm 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 uh, I I finally it took me a little while to build up the courage to get a girlfriend a few years uh, <laughs> after that and so and we met through running um, and and so we we it was uh, we've done a few races together including yesterday where she took first in her category I took third it's okay I'll forgive her but and then we did wow <laughs> geez someone who's even more impressive than you are you sure you're good enough for this lady her her boss. <laughs> She's qualified for Boston with time, more time to spare than I have. But and yes, and then we also did a scavenger hunt in the afternoon uh, with with her father who was visiting town. We all did it together, and we won that too. But again, like that race that I did with my mom, I think that there are ways to um, where you can absolutely join forces. You know, and there have been times where I've done the training runs with Kiana, and we're sitting there doing hill repeats, and I'm wearing. 
and on a, it's at a st- st- uh, steep church parking lot. So, and we're just high fiving every time we cross. When we do track workouts, we go opposite ways and we high five every time we cross. And we're both going on, on our wow. own intensity. There's times where I run next to her and I'm wearing a weight vest, or I'm sitting there. There, there is no excuse for if your relationships are working that you're not training hard enough. I think that's one of the things I like about running. I mean, people think of it as in a, in a lonely sport, but I don't think it is. I think it's something you got to do alone. But that doesn't mean you can't do it alone together. Oh, I, oh, there we go. Is that gonna be that? I might, love that. That might be part yeah, of our title. So true. That's gonna be the part of our title of our our fitcast and flat tires, of course. Plus, if oh, you great. Plus, if you and your girlfriend are both in good shape, you know that helps you have good training runs together. All oh right. my gosh, that's really cool. Um, anything coming up for you? Any races coming up for you, Adam? Oh, I think next weekend's the only weekend I don't have a race till mid-June. Because it's Easter, because it's Easter, yeah, and there aren't Easter. any races on Easter. I, I, don't, I don't have any race on Easter, but the weekend after that, I've got a 5K on my own. It's a kind of a mixture of a uh, cross-country and uh, um, a concrete race. The weekend after that, I've got a 10K. The weekend after that, I've got another 10K. Then there's a Spartan race. I just, I don't know how to sit still. These are things that happen Apparently. When, you're, when you're president of the Austin Runners Club. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, they couldn't have picked a better president. I will tell you that right now. Role model, if nothing, if nothing else, certainly a role model and a fast as fuck uh, leader. Hell yeah. Okay, are you guys ready for a game? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Fuck this fitness stuff. Let's let's yeah. have some fun. <laughs> We're done. Let's We're done. have some fun. Serious stuff is over. I want to play a game. All right, let's play. Um, so there's a game. That's, I guess it's called, I don't know if this is what it's called, Would You Rather. Would You Rather, yes. I've played Would You Rather before, and I've had a half dozen beers, so uh, feel free to <laughs> feel free to jump in there with some uh, racy stuff. All right. Oh, man. Okay. I don't know how racy it's going to get. Maybe I need to have a couple more beers. <laughs> get right. a little racy. Racy, is that a running joke? Oh, <laughs> God. No puns allowed oh, on wow. the FitCast. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm smiling on the inside. Would you rather? Adam, you have done a marathon, like, in any condition. You, you've done, like, a lot of different types of marathons. So, you've done them with strollers. You've done them in different weather. Um, so, I'm going to ask different scenarios about running a marathon, and you have to pick which one you would rather do. Okay. In some cases, you don't really want to do it, but it's just the the less bad choice. Sure, sure. So we'll we'll start out with, and, and Fonz, you can participate. This is an open participation game. Got it. So this is the warm-up. Would you rather run a marathon naked in below freezing conditions or – in Austin in July in a big puffy coat hat and mittens. Whoa. Naked <laughs> in below freezing conditions. I, that, that, I just, I can't handle the heat. Uh, Wait, aren't you from Texas? I, I am. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it for short distances. My fastest miles are in really hot days. But for the, I actually, even in the cold races that I, that I do, I run them without shirts. I just, I'm just a very heavy sweater. So I feel bad for everyone having to watch the marathon, but for personal <laughs> reasons, I would rather run it naked. So just barely below freezing, like uh, 31 degrees Fahrenheit <laughs> or minus 31.5. Exactly. Or minus one Canadian. <laughs> nice. I actually did a race in 20 degrees where the finish line picture, I'm wearing a head, head cap, but no shirt. Ah, very nice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, they say that most of your heat is in your head. That's why when I was doing the heat preparation, my coach put a swim cap on my head because that's where your heat comes yeah, from. Yeah. So, I don't know. All right, Fonz, what do you think? Oh, what am I going to do? Probably yeah. na- probably naked in the cold just because I'm, I'm very easily, and this is a word I'm just about to make up now, dehydratable. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the puffy coat in Texas, fuck that. Like, I'm, yeah, no, I'm running naked. Yeah, can I, I think I would too. Can I use like, like duct tape or something to secure the goods or no? <laughs> um, well, it's 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 permissible. All right, yeah, then it's permissible because that can get a little bouncy. There's, you know, I, I would say if it's that cold, they might tuck in. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They might. They may. Ew, but do you really want to take the duct tape off? Uh, well, I don't know. Like, ooh, we've, we've talk- I'd rather go, forgo the duct tape. We've talked about popsicle penis before on this video. <laughs> 
It's it's a it's a real problem. It's a it's real a, thing. It's a very real thing. <laughs> Popsicle oh, penis is a real thing. Just wearing like underwear and shorts. Imagine uh, like nothing other than a piece of duct tape. Yikes. All right. All right. Uh, next Thanks one. Thanks for that image. All right. Next one. Next one. Um, Iram, would you rather run without the stroller and have to carry your daughter, who's probably bigger than she was when you won the marathon? Or would you rather run with two strollers with your daughter and another kid in there? Well, as long as my – we've actually retired the stroller. She's doing her own races. Like she got a sub-24-minute 5K recently. Whoa, Jesus. I want your jeans, man. She's, <laughs> she's, she's broken an hour in a 10K, you know, uh, by a couple of minutes. And so the uh, – so I, I would uh, – but I, I actually pushed an adult in a stroller. I was asked to help out with an event for Ainsley's Angels. And that was really hard. <laughs> so I think. Oh, because they're bigger, yeah. Yeah, they're they're full grown adults. You know, they're just they're people with disabilities that just they're not able to run, and so you, you want them to enjoy the course, and that took all the strength. So I'm not sure I've got enough strength and coordination to push two strollers and that much weight. So I think I would uh, I would carry Kiana because that you know, worst case scenario, I get on her back and she carries me. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. She's <laughs> apparently pretty strong. <laughs> Oh, God. Hey, that's a good way to do it. So I'm going to steal your last couple fun questions here, Parker. Uh-oh. Yep. So, uh, Iram, you've done, uh, you've done a triathlon, right? I've done one. I did the rookie triathlon. And did you do a lot of uh, training in the pool? or you, Where where'd you I, swim? It here? was an open water swim, so I went and trained uh, some at a pool, but mostly I tried to go train at, uh, what, I forget the name of the pool, at Zilker, just to kind of have some simulation. Uh, Kesav, why don't you tell them what the name of the pool at Zilker is? Barton Springs. Yeah, even she knows that because it's. Under- I've done my. I did my very first <laughs> open water swim in February in that pool. In oh, Barton Springs, nice. uh, but that's not the question. The question is, do you have a problem with your goggles fogging up? <laughs> I've never had a problem with my goggles fogging up. This seems impossible to me. This is a recurring theme on our on our Fitcast, which is why I brought it up. Which is why my, my partner was like, what the hell it's, are you doing? It's an obnoxious it's an ob- theme. It's, it's that, a, yes. And an it obnoxious problem. All right. So no problems with goggles. Fog- what do you do to keep your goggles from fogging up? I just I, I put them on really tight. Oh. Uh, but again, the only triathlon I've ever done was really short. So, you know, I'm sure that she's got such great eyes that they just kind of heat up in there. So Ah, yes. You have hot eyes, partner. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, those were my eyes. <laughs> Incredible. Do you have any more funds? I've uh, got a good. I've got a good kicker. All right. I've got a good last one. Yeah, finish it up. For this finish game. it up. Finish it up for the game. All right. Now, would you rather run a marathon in head-to-toe skin-colored spandex? Oh, interesting. Or in a pink sparkly mankini? And yeah. when I say mankini, like you know what I mean, right? Uh, I don't know what a mankini is, but I've got a pretty good imagination. Yeah, uh, imagine. You know, take a good look at Fonz and imagine. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I've gotten to imagine him naked twice. Thank yeah. You. Now I'm actually. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't think our listeners know that I always record wearing a pink sparkly mankini. Uh, the, uh... Oh no, they probably don't know that. That's <laughs> yeah, that's actually why I made him move to Austin so we didn't record together anymore. Nice. All right, pink spandex or the mankini? You know, no, 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 skin oh, colored sorry. spandex. Full body skin colored spandex mankini. or the pink mankini. Got you know, it. I uh, so this kind of cancer the the ten year survival rate is twelve percent. I'm at a little over six years, and I always talk about that. The reason I keep running is because of something a college professor used to say that statistics are like bikinis. What they reveal is interesting, but what they conceal is vital. Nice. So I try to keep running because I want to defy the statistics and because I want to look good in a bikini. So I think I'm going to have to go. <laughs> Pink sparkly bikini. So I think I'm going to have to go with the bikini option. Mankini. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your poor daughter is going to be embarrassed. <laughs> yes. Poor Kiana. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll, we'll get her one, too. <laughs> she might be a little young to be listening to the Case Algon Fonz Fitcast. Yeah. But, uh uh, why, hey, speaking of which, why don't we have our, our listeners, if you have any follow-up questions, shoot us an email. Um, and yeah, we're not, we're shoot not, us an email. We'll get you in touch with it. Um, KSelkFonsFitcast at gmail.com. Is that, is that our email? That's correct. Again, I, you're on like a streak. It's like three episodes. You got it right. <laughs> I know. 
So yeah, if you have questions for us or Iram, yeah, ksalkfansfitcast at gmail.com. So uh, yeah, shoot that out there. No, that's it. That's it. Do we have any uh, mailbag going on, Fonz? We do, but why don't we thank our guest here for being on? Oh, I guess we'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Uh, But you can stick around for our next segments. Yeah, definitely stick around. We got our segments coming up. And uh, first is the mailbag sponsored by Live Love Paddle, right? Live Love Paddle. We got a fuck ton of emails in this last couple months. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of emails. I think it was sparked by our wonderful guest. Well, you know, it also might have been sparked by the fact that I don't use, know how to use my email software, and I'm just sending emails to everybody from the Case Alkin Fonz Fitcast. Oh, yeah, that's true. I accidentally opened one the other day from Kelly. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, no, I uh, I feel like Hillary Clinton in that I don't know how to send an email from which account, and I just keep getting <laughs> I can see how she's on a BlackBerry on a plane. Like, I'm just at my computer with a million times more technology messages. I'm like, oh, can I get a quote on this plumbing from the case Fitcast at gmail.com? Oh, plumbing quotes. Great. <laughs> so, yes. But we got some real emails, didn't we? We did. All right. Do you want to go first or should I? Um, you can go first. Most of mine were questions for it. Um... All right. So I got, I got a good one here. Dear Fitcast. Not, not to you or to me, just to the FitCast generally. Um, this is from, looks like Layla. Layla from Hawaii. Woo. I have an issue with my boyfriend, she says. Uh-oh. Don't we all? <laughs> well. Just kidding. I don't, because I have a fiancé girl. <laughs> uh, he used to be faster than me, but now I am faster than he runs, so... We are signed up for several races coming up together. I love running with him, but it's really hard for me to run that slowly. Ooh. I know. I don't want to shame him for being beat by a girl or whatever, but I want to run as fast as I can and, you know, race the race. Mm-hmm. How do I handle this situation coming up for those races? Oh, yeah. That's tough, right? I know. I mean, it's... Because you want to, like, do something with someone, but at the same time... Oh, man, that's like what Iram said, like you're doing it alone together. Oh, but are you? Like, how do, how do we, how, what does Layla think? Like, how do we do this? Uh, I think she has to, I think she's got to, like, be honest with him and be like, listen, I think we should run our own races. I can wait for you at the finish. Maybe not say that. Maybe, like, we can wait for each other at the finish line. Yeah, whoever gets there first. Whoever gets there first, <laughs> but let's do it together. I don't want to be distracted by looking at your butt the whole time. (laughs) Sexy ass. I don't know if that would work. She can try it. Yeah, it's not going to work, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, I guess it depends on how you, yeah, you got to approach it in a very sensitive way. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I think... I agree with you and that she should probably run. Or maybe, I think Matt and Dallas had this issue, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, remember when they proposed? Yeah, Matt waited and then yeah. uh, they were going to race it, but then something went wrong and they're like, fuck it, I'm just going to propose right here at, what was it, like mile 17 or yeah, something? Yeah, because she was trying for her PR and yeah. she was like, oh shit, like I can't propose to her. Right. Slow her down if she's trying for a certain time. <laughs> That's right. So it's similar to that in, in a yeah, sense. Yeah, you have to, yeah, you got to kind of work that out and talk about it, I think. Yeah, I think, you know what, yeah, all right, I have the solution. Here it is, Layla. Uh, you pick a race during the year, and don't make it too far in case you don't get there and say, you know what, I'm going to PR this race, I'm going to run with you for all races, but when I'm in, whatever, Indianapolis for this race, I'm going to fucking crush it, and I'm going to qualify for Boston or whatever your goal is. I'm going to run that one by myself, and then uh, we run the rest of them together. But then, there if she you go. but then if she doesn't make her goal, then she can kind of add another race later on in the year. I would I would say do the training together, you know, and then have that, that be the exception personally, you know, because the it's not like if you're racing hard, you're sitting there conversing a whole lot. <laughs> Right, yeah, that's true. that's true. They're not going to be talking during the race. At least he won't be. She'll, she'll... <laughs> <laughs> she'll be working, but all right. Okay, well, 
Layla, good luck with that. Like, make your own yeah, decision, play it by ear, do a lot of training together, and, uh, you know, do whatever you can to repair the relationship when you blow them out of the water. <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, do you have any other emails other than the ones we had for our guests? Um, I did have one, right, um, and I, I really want to read it because I think it's it's a good one to read. Um, so this is from Kristen with an I-N, not with an E-N. I was going to say, are you are you emailing our own I, FitCast for I questions? did not email myself. Right. I should, though, one of these days, but <laughs> I would spell my name right. No, just kidding, Kristen. Um, so this is from Kristen. Kristen and, is it Kristen um, Chenoweth? Is it Kristen Chenoweth? I, it might be. I don't know. She doesn't. It doesn't say where she's from. It does from her email. It doesn't look like it's Kristen Chenoweth. It looks uh, like it's Kristen Smith. Okay. But we'll see. Or Kristen Bell. Um, so our last guest was Becca. Yes. Um, and I'll just recap our listeners in that episode. She talked about um, her vegan lifestyle. She's going to be a running coach. She's an ultra marathoner. But she also mentioned in that episode about her history with eating disorders. Yes. Um, and this really resonated with Christian, who emailed us to tell us, um, I was really pleased to hear Becca talk about her eating disorder. This is something that women don't often talk about because they're shamed or embarrassed. I also had an eating disorder and was a runner back in the day. Winky face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's a little older now. That's okay, Kristen. Um, back in the day. And it's a really hard thing for me to talk about still. I don't think a lot of people realize how many women athletes feel pressure to be thin or pressure to lose weight. Becca, I'm rooting for you. I really hope that everything goes well. I'm crying and I have the chills sitting over here. This is incredible. Yeah, so I, I think that was really powerful too. Like she, she did. She talked about that and she talked about how she, how a lot of the things that she's doing now, she's doing to kind of combat her eating disorder. And she's using that as her fuel for everything that she does. So I'm really glad that that reached one of our listeners. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Not a, there, a, you know, a good heartfelt statement is better than a question we have. So that's, that's incredible. And you know what we should do? We should try to work on someone who's look at, because a lot of eating disorders and alcoholism, that it has to do with extremism, right? So uh, yeah. I think we need to get a we need to get a uh, a guest on that you know has some sort of uh, chemical dependency or other extreme behavior. That our next segment is favorite things. God, I love these that. are a few of our favorite things. Wow. Brought to you by Wellfit. Did you, you are, like that? You are yeah. You are an incredible vocalist. Okay, so. Is that your favorite thing, my singing? Yes, my favorite thing is I've your singing. Asked you this, I'm putting I've out. asked you this before, and your answer was no. So, Iram, you have to think, while we're going through our favorite things here, I know we're springing this on you, but after we do ours, you need to to articulate. Tell us what your favorite thing of the last month has been. So, think about it while we're talking, and then we're going to ask you at the end. All right. So, uh, can I go first this time? You can go first. Good morning, campfires. So I have a fire pit in our backyard here. And uh, on the morning, you know, because, you know, when we're doing our training, we we wake up at like 5 o'clock in the morning and go for runs. On that day, like if you have a long race, you wake up in the morning on Saturday and it's 6 a.m. We go out in our backyard, we set up a campfire, and we have our, we have a cup of coffee or our caffeine. I have tea in the morning and uh enjoy an outdoor campfire i'm sure our neighbors are like why is the neighborhood burning down but we're like no we're just starting our day by the campfire it's, it's an amazing amazing thing wow that sounds really nice it's awesome it's it's incredible we let the dogs out and it's 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 my favorite thing in the last last month it sounds like a good way to like center yourself before your day yes it is like so meditate yeah how about like you that. how about you partner I have a favorite thing, and it comes with a little bit of news. Uh-oh. My favorite thing is my wonderful boyfriend, Johnny. Well, he is my favorite thing. Yep, I love but, G. But specifically, his house that he moved into okay. is my new favorite thing. This month, he moved into his four-bedroom house in the Burbs, and this thing... Pardon my French because, I mean, why do I even need to apologize for swearing on the podcast? It was a shithole when he bought it. And he turned it into, like, this 
beautiful creation. He worked so hard. Yeah, on his it's house. been it's been over a year, right? Yeah, it's been about two years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he um, worked really hard on it. He they basically redid everything. Like they basically gutted the place. Him and his dad. And his brother-in-law helped a lot too, and a couple of friends. His his brother and cousins, um, they like it, it. It doesn't even look the same. Like you look at before and after pictures, and you're like, "There's no way that's the same house." So I'm just so proud of him. Every day he does work on that house. And while we were doing the podcast, I'm getting texts from him. It never ends. The work never ends. So he's moved in, but he's, he's still got stuff to do. So I'm just so proud of him and all the work that he's put into it. And the thing is gorgeous. So wow, that's that, my favorite thing. That makes me happy. That's well, congratulations on that. I'm sure that's uh, that's a big step for him and for you. Yay. Favorite things. <laughs> Well, we didn't get our guest to sing at all this episode, which we have in the past, but... Uh, maybe maybe he'll give it a try. Iram, what's your favorite thing? Well, you know, actually, that was pretty easy. So, you know, brain cancer was the worst financial decision of my life. If you ever think about doing that, financial it's, decision. It's a bad financial decision. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a decision. <laughs> and when, when it all started, I actually had to cancel a trip to Brazil uh, because of it. And, you know, that was over six years ago. Um... And and I was gonna go. I like to go see the world wonders. I had seen half before cancer, and somehow, in the last couple of years, I've been able to get to them with my girlfriend. And so I got to Brazil in 2015, and I got to Petra and the pyramids last year. Wow! But just over spring break, uh, uh, Elaine, my girlfriend, and Kiana also came, and we went to see the very last one, my very last one, Kiana's first one, the Great Wall of China. Wow. And so, you know, we we did overnight flights where it literally changed from night to day and to be standing up there and just on something that old with uh with someone that young and just see see it with your own sense of satisfaction but also to see it with their their sense of creativity and newness. I just I think that goes down as just an incredibly special moment. Certainly my favorite traveling moment in a long time. How about that? Wow! Oh and I, wait, gosh, if time I did out. that, it would be my favorite thing. I liked campfires. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think Johnny's house is like a hundred years old. That... <laughs> you know, sometimes we're outclassed by our guests, and you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that too. I got, I got no chance. <laughs> the body qualifies for Boston running with strollers and running the Great Wall of China, and I like campfires and ran eleven minute mile today on a burrito and three beers. Hey, that was a good beer you gave me. That was a good beer you gave me. <laughs> oh god. Oh, oh we got no chance, Fonz. That's, That's right, why we do this. <laughs> so that we can be in the presence of greatness. Well, Iram, why don't you tell us a little bit before before you go? If if anyone has any questions, you can email us here or uh do you have an email we can yeah, send? Yeah, president at austinrunners.org. Um, y- you know, you're welcome to ask me anything there. And yeah, well, well, why don't you tell us a bit about your the the club? Well, so it's a, it's an all volunteer not nonprofit, and we put on uh, two races: a, a half marathon, actually the one that gave me Bib nine one one, the Decker Challenge, the Daisy five k, which is coming up Memorial Day weekend. It's its fortieth year, um, and then we put on the distance challenge. But we also have group runs that you can see all at austinrunners.org that are all open to the public. Uh, people who become members, they uh, we get all kinds of good deals for them. And we put together some really good teams like the one that beat you in that beer month. Yeah, that third, mile relay. Well, the mile relay. Also, also, if you remember, and I was going to bring this up, remember the 13 by 1 we ran here in uh, Austin? Yeah. I, oh, I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, both of you remembered because, K-Salk, I was telling you about it because uh, mm-hmm. we're the Chicago champs. Well, here in Austin, we got... We got crushed. I think every one of their 13 runners was faster than every one of our 13 runners. <laughs> we lo- They were already at the bar by the time we finished. We had some drinks together. That's the important <laughs> part. <laughs> there you go. Community. But, yeah, so that's uh, the Austin runners. That's amazing. What else we got? What's coming up? Do you have any races coming up? You know what? I'm laying low for a little bit. I think after uh, Puerto Rico, I got a little burnt out. Literally, like I was burnt, but also, I yep. <laughs> uh, my my next races will be little ones, and then I'll be gearing up for the marathon in the fall, the Chicago Marathon. So, um, but I am excited about a certain sporting event that happens in the spring in Chicago. A spring sporting event in Chicago. What is that? 
Go Cubs go. Ah, go yes. Cubs go. Man, I'm singing a lot today. The I'm just Cu- excited for baseball. The Cubs have begun their season and they they won the series in St. Louis. We're happy about that. They won that. the series in St. Louis. They won today. They and, won against the Brewers. Yep, so they beat they won the series in Milwaukee. They're on pace yeah. for to win 108 games this season, I believe it. I hey, right if now. they do, <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. I will I declined a race yesterday by email because it was October 20th, I'm like, no, that's during the NLCS. I'm going to be in Chicago watching the Cubs. You probably will be. (laughs) I hope so. You'll be drinking a beer with me. We'll be recording the FitCast in Chicago. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, Yeah, so that's really what's coming up for me is I'm just going to enjoy my spring. Weather is getting really nice in Chicago. I want to be outside running, biking, just living life. I get to do it on the burbs now that Johnny has the house in the burbs, so Uh that'll be fun. That's true. I got two races coming up. I've got the the big one. You know, Chicago, like the Shamrock Shuffle is like the big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it's super crowded and you can't get through and whatever. But it's fun. Like, there's a billion people there. Well, we got ours coming up here in Austin. The Cap 10K is the... Oh. Yeah, I think, I think last year there were 78 million people running it. Something like that. Or ten thousand, whatever. But it's super crowded. But it, but it's the one in Austin. So the Cap Ten K is coming up in a couple weeks. And then my favorite race of the year. You know what my favorite race of the year is? I I have an idea, but I don't think it's that. It's the Ragnar. Cap, it's the Cap Two K. Oh, the Two K. That's right. Your swim. Yes, I swim from uh, Redbud Isle down to just under Mopac to the to the dock. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's in a couple weeks. And uh, hopefully we'll get a lot of rain so I have a lot of downhill swimming to go, like last year. Yeah. Yeah, 2K, and I think I was like 24 and a half minutes or something like that. But uh, Wow, that's crazy. I did – I was really happy that I did my um, – Puerto Rico swim without a wetsuit. So it was a real swim, Fonz. Yeah, um, I know, like I know. It's 38 cheating. minutes. <laughs> All right, well, that's – that's all right. There were waves. I'm getting stuff, there. Right? <laughs> no, yeah, no. The cap, t- cap 10k, cap 2k, and then, uh, then it's fucking summer here and fuck racing. Like I'm just gonna be uh, hanging out in the air conditioning. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So all right, what an incredible fitcast we had this week. Yes, this was really awesome. Thank you again to Iram. Thank you again to our listeners who sent in questions. Um, I'm. I've, I just have like this this positivity and liveliness to me now after this fitcast funds. I feel real good. Well, yeah, when we bring when we bring these amazing people around us, you know, it's just gonna it's gonna rub off on us eventually. Yep, I love it. Be so, in the presence of greatness. I'm not, I'm not rubbing on him. He's wearing a mankini. Though. <laughs> oh, and cut. <laughs> oh, fair enough. So. All right, partner. Are, are you looking forward to recording next month with us? I am fuck yes looking forward to it. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs>